Genre. This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome to Retheme This, the Patreon exclusive edition of Theme Park This, where we dare retheme the most beloved of attractions. My name is Kyle Crane, and with me tonight are Mr. Brian Green. Hello there. And Mr. Scott Corelli. Hi, hi. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. I'd be doing better if I had pictures of Spider-Man. Well, yeah. We're we're actually deleting all of our pictures of Spider-Man. That's no, kind of why the point would of we this. do that? We're <laughs> monsters. The yeah, world needs well. pictures of Spider-Man right now in these troubling times. So. <laughs> uh, we are going to be doing the second half of our retheme of Marvel, Marvel Superhero Island, not Marvel Superhero Island, <laughs> <laughs> at the Universal Studios Islands of Adventure in Orlando, Florida. And I have to say, gentlemen, I had an absolute blast when we rethemed the uh, other section of Marvel Superhero Island. So I'm looking forward to this one tonight. Um, yeah. Yeah. But just to let the audience know, the three attractions we are going to be taking care of tonight are Captain America's Diner, Doctor Doom's Fearfall, and of course the famous Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man ride, a ride which uh, I think is uh, something that we're all missing very much right now, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, you know, I, I have access to the. Um, I mean, not right now, but I have access <laughs> to the Transformers uh, reskin of Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man. And uh, you know what? Uh, it's not as good, but no. it, it, I, I can write it technically. Yeah. No, it's not <laughs> as good at all no a a very uh very poor imitation of spider-man but um yeah well uh gentlemen who's who's gonna start off tonight uh brian you want to do the honors uh sure so here's the thing though uh actually i had originally decided i was going to do one full land it was all going to be splatoon themed but i changed my mind whoa uh, because i you know i i have that right i decided to split the land in half and but I, I left it along the same lines uh they're both nintendo properties i decided to go with pokemon now here's the thing because this is going to be a full topic later like i cannot wait to make like a from the ground up pokemon theme park but i had a great idea for spider-man we'll get to that later on okay. uh, but you're going to start off with our restaurant we're retheming it's captain america's diner correct yes mm-hmm. all right so i and retheming Captain America's Diner uh, into Brock's Bistro. Brock is the (laughs) gym leader in the original Pokemon generation. So Brock, we found out that he no longer battles Pokemon. He actually used them to help him cook delicious food at his restaurants. So around there, around the restaurant, you might see like a grill that's lit by a Charmander. You might see a Scyther chopping up vegetables, things like that. Mm. Are these Uh, uh, animatronics or screens? uh, They're going to be animatronics. Excellent. Uh, there'll be a sit-down restaurant. Uh, each dish will be themed after a different Pokemon, and they're all going to be Japanese dishes. I want to uh, stick with the Japanese theme. Uh, I was thinking uh, Raichu Ramen, uh, Sea King Sushi, and uh, Trubbish Tempura. Uh, if you don't know who Trubbish is, he is a garbage Pokemon, so it's not going to be very good Tempura, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, I, I did have this idea 
uh, but I, I think it might be a little too confusing. Uh, if, you've, if you're familiar with the Pokemon anime, uh, when it was localized to America, they thought for some reason American children couldn't understand the concept of a rice ball because that's not something that we really eat here in America, uh, but you know, they're everywhere in Japan. So when they gave, when, when they have the rice ball in the Pokemon anime, they say they call them donuts. Huh. And as a child, that confused the hell out of me. I was like, that's, yeah. is that what Japanese donuts look like? It looks <laughs> like rice. But so I, I had this idea to, you know, to help out uh, uh, these dumb American children and call everything different names. But I think it might just confuse everyone all around. <laughs> but so that's, that's Brock's Bistro. So I, I have a few questions. Okay. Uh, one. What does your what does the Pokemon land look like versus the uh, Splatoon land, and what does the transition look like? So I think the land is going to be a little more sterile. It's not going to be like bright and like colorful as Splatoon land. Uh, I'm think I was thinking this would be set in Celadon City. Uh, it's the biggest city in the original Pokemon games in red and blue, um, hmm. and so I think the transition though. I haven't quite decided on that. I don't know how, because yeah, because they are pretty close together, aren't they? They're, yeah. like, they're right there. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know how that, that transition would work. Okay. You have any <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> uh, I don't, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Um, cause I, I guess, I guess my thought is that, you know, you have a bit of an urban setting with Splatoon, right? Right. So, uh, maybe you keep that sort of urban theme and you, um, trans, you, the, you, you don't like transition so much as you, uh, make the Pokemon land sort of look like, um, uh, the city in, uh, Detective Pikachu. Maybe? Right. Yeah. Oh, no. Something see, like that. I almost did that, but that's why I'm, I'm saving that for my next land oh, well, when we do oh, a full oh. Pokemon <laughs> episode. Because oh, okay. I love that city so much. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely, yeah. as such a uh, oh, I want a a full game set in that in that city. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then, if it's not a city, well, I was saying what... it is. It's Celadon City. Celadon City is the biggest city in uh, Pokemon Red and Blue. Oh, and okay. It is a big met- uh, metropolitan area. Oh, okay. All right. Well, gotcha. As big yeah, as yeah. can be communicated in, you know, on the Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, Brian. I have, I have a question, just kind of about the general area. So, the uh, I'm more familiar with Detective Pikachu as far as the appearance of what P, uh, the Pokemon look like. Are you going to go towards that, or are you going to stick with kind of the traditional Game Boy version of the characters? I think I'm going to go for uh, the yeah, more realistic, like in the in the films, you know. But maybe some, maybe like somewhere in between. Hmm. I'm thinking like if they because they are going to be animatronics so they do need to have like a kind of a real world look to them sure but i'm thinking somewhere meet meet somewhere in the middle there okay interesting all right um so yeah i mean i guess i guess the transition would just be like the the coloring i I suppose because you know your splatoon is what is it pink and green it's like what it is yeah the the roller coaster is pink and green but uh yeah you you could have you know any color it would just be like right it could be, th- that could look sort of like a tokyo i feel like i mm-hmm. feel like i'm thinking celadon could be a little more subdued a little quieter sort of like a kyoto which is uh which is a much more laid-back city more you know not okay. not quite as loud as tokyo is yeah so it almost looked like a different neighborhood basically yes, yeah okay like, 
All right, fair enough. Co- completely covered in paint, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Kyle, what about you? Yeah, so I'm going to be sticking with Sanrio Land, which last time I covered kind of a Hello Kitty heavy uh, right. theming of the entire area, and I'm trying to mix it up a little bit, but uh, Sanrio's catalog is itself very Hello Kitty heavy. So sure, of uh, course. what I did uh, for the Captain America Cafe is uh, I went with a character that is familiar with Sanrio fans. It's called Cinnamon Roll. And Cinnamon Roll, you might recognize, it's just like one of their cute little characters. It's this white dog with huge ears. And mm-hmm. Cinnamon Roll lives in a Cinnamon Roll cafe. And he flaps his ears around and flies around the restaurant and just lands down and eats food that, that's laying around. I spent a lot of time researching Sanrio and their characters, and I cannot find any more depth to what's going on than what I just mentioned to you right there. So I would like to have a bigger theme in this in Cinnamon Roll's role in the restaurant. But uh, for the most part, it's just going to be a cinnamon bakery. Uh, with a few different cinnamon type foods here. So uh, it would have something like cinnamon pinwheels, snickerdoodles, cinnamon twists, uh, alcoholic cinnamon rice milk, and maybe like a cinnamon chili as well. So a chili cooked with cinnamon and stuff Ooh, like that. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, it's just kind of cute uh, Sanrio. If, imagine just the same kind of like uh, uh, pastel colors and kind of looking like the rest of the Hello Kitty area, except uh, this one has a little dog, a little anime uh, animatronic dog that sits up and kind of floats around the ceiling and stuff like that. So yeah, All right. that's the cinnamon right. cafe. Not a nice. whole lot more to it other than that. <laughs> so, yeah. Very um, nice. Scott, what about your replacement for captain America cafe? Um, well, uh, I am continuing, uh, the land that I, I started with our last episode, uh, ghostbusters spook central. And so, you know, uh, the, my last restaurant, of course, I had the, uh, Cedric hotel <laughs> restaurant. So this time I want to go a little less fancy. And this is the, the previous one is a, uh, is going to be, was, was a reservation based, like sit down restaurant. And this is going to be much more of a, uh, you know, sit wherever you want, uh, take out sort of place. And it is going to be uh, Zoo's authentic Hong Kong food. Now, you may say to yourself, isn't that the, uh, the, the Chinese food place that was in Ghostbusters Answer the Call of, of 2016? And uh, you would be correct. But in my mind, I am canonizing uh, Zoo's authentic Hong Kong food as the same Chinese restaurant that was used to represent the last of the petty cash in 1984's <laughs> Ghostbusters restaurant. All right. Um, so, so it is, it is the same restaurant, um, in, in both, uh, Ghostbusters films. And, uh, it is going to look just like the one that is in the 2016, uh, Ghostbusters, uh, film, except, you know, there's not a Ghostbusters office. Um, uh, above it but it is the uh, it is the same restaurant it's gonna have typical chinese food offerings that sort of thing uh and in my typical overachiever status that i i think i'm beginning to have on this show in the last episode i mentioned a a quick re-theme of the comic book shop in uh section one well in section two there is uh kingpin's arcade so i went ahead and rethemed that to slimer's arcade nothing special still just an arcade although it is going to be all horror themed games of course because why wouldn't it be including some uh, ghostbusters video games uh in uh, arcade cabinets um but uh it will be uh themed to uh slimer's uh arcade he's running an arcade now because why wouldn't he be sure. right yeah, he's got a night job, sure. He's yeah. not haunting things. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's oh, awesome. Cel- uh, Celadon City has a gaming room, so yeah, that's perfect. I could turn that into the Celadon gaming room. Awesome, perfect. 
Uh, and, you know, I, I love the fact that um, with Ghostbusters in New York City, there's so much New York cuisine you could go through if you're not doing like a pizzeria or something like that. Chinese food is immediately where your mind goes to, you know? Yeah. It seems like a yeah. very New York thing. So, oh, yeah. Really cool. mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I just like the idea of like seeing people, you know, walking around with a Chinese food container and just like eating lo mein with chopsticks, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> in this area. Like I, it's it's a like a weird kind of theme park food that you don't really see. And so it would be yeah. uh, it would be fun to see that. Um, I guess just people walking around with that. Absolutely, egg rolls would make great line food. So, oh yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Very cool. So uh, this brings us over to our next, ra- or excuse me, our attraction for the day, which is going to be uh, Doctor Doom's Fearfall. Brian, how are you going to be retheming that with Pokemon in mind? All right. So I'm turning uh, Doctor uh, Doom's Fearfall into Mewtwo's Revenge. Uh, so uh, Mewtwo <laughs> is the uh, is. The legendary Pokemon, for those of y'all who aren't, you know, don't know too much about him, uh, he is a legendary Pokemon. He has been cloned from uh, Mew. Like he was, uh, he was a genetic experiment, uh, born in a lab, and he's a psychic type Pokemon who is capable of psychic thought. He can communicate uh, with humans in English or you know whatever language that they're speaking. So you're going to enter a Pokemon lab and they're going to be showing you Mewtwo. Mewtwo is going to be in a, uh, I'm thinking s- sort of like the, the tube that the alien and alien encounter is in to start out with, but it's going to be like you know, filled with water bubbling and he is going to break out of this tube. And there's going to be a giant animatronic Mewtwo there who is going to tell everyone that he is going to subject the humans to the indignities that Pokemon experience every day at the hands of their trainers. <laughs> and uh, he is going to psychically control the scientists or the, you know, the cast members that are running the ride. He's going to psychically <laughs> control them and they are going to load you into a, a simulation of what it's like to be a Pokemon. Now the towers on my, on this version of the ride are going to be enclosed by a show building. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be and essentially the towers are going to be surrounded by projection screens. So no matter how high up on the tower you go, there's still going to be a projection screen for you to see what uh, to see something. Um, this could also work out if you wanted to. You could put one of the one of the, like the domed screens that they use for Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could just put uh, you could like maybe like have that lower down in front of the car. I don't know. Um uh, that could that could potentially work instead of having to you know project everything all around you, mm-hmm. uh, but on the ride you are going to be subjected to different types of attacks of Pokemon: uh, grass type, water type, fire type, electricity, and they're going to be it's going to be accompanied by uh, scent effects and heat things like that. Uh, then at the very end you're going to get to, you're going to it's going to take you to the very top and Mewtwo is going to capture you say tells you he's going to capture you in a pokeball he's going to throw a pokeball towards you he's going to be at this point he is a projection on the screen he throws a pokeball towards you as a bright flash of light and you drop and it gets very dark and you bounce up and down a couple times and then on that third bounce you escape from the pokeball (laughs) and it turns its sights on mewtwo and captures mewtwo in the pokeball hmm ah It's it's really inspired. I love the idea of a drop, a tower drop that actually has like projection screens around it. That sounds really cool. 
Yeah, right. we got to do something to you know to theme this. You know? Well, yeah. it, you know it's funny because uh, Brian and I have have been on the same page with both of our attractions because mine is also enclosed, mm-hmm. uh, as we'll as we'll get to in a little bit. And we did the same thing with the uh, the teacups ride in the last episode. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we're all about enclosing our rides. These open these open air rides are bullshit. That's and, what I say. And Kyle, <laughs> didn't you enclose uh, enclose the Hulk? Uh, I did. Yes, yes, it yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, this so, giant building just, <laughs> that takes up the entire skyline. <laughs> Look, it rains a lot in Orlando. We got to weatherproof this thing, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's very that fair. That's totally fair. That is absolutely fair. No, that's that's great. I have I do have a question though. I have an uh, answer. Will Will Mewtwo be voiced by Bill Nye? Yes, absolutely. He okay. will be. Yes. All right. Excellent. Then we have I'm that in. money. Sure. All right. One hundred percent in. Hey, hey, we're not writing the checks. Universal's writing the checks. Right. You know. Yeah. So whatever. And Pokemon's a cash generator too, so it's not like you know. Sure. Not gonna make anything back. I think the hardest part of that is gonna be uh, uh, making a deal with Warner Brothers. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they have the Harry Potter thing going, so that's true. That's true. Uh, They have a relationship there. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, So Kyle, what uh, what 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 are you retheming Fearfall to? So Fearfall, which I think Fearfall might actually be the attraction I like the least in all of Orlando, by the way. Um, wow. In really? all of Orlando? In all of Orlando, yeah. I just uh, It just seems like such a just kind of, I don't know, uh, you, you guys have ridden it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just kind of like they needed something to fill space, and they were like, whatever. I don't know. Tower drop. It's just, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. I think I got something to improve on that, and I'm using another Sanrio character, and Pardon me if I butcher her name, but it's Agritsuko's Rage Drop. Are you oh, I love with- her! Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's one of the newer Sanrio characters. She was uh, she came out in about 2016 and had a two-episode show, which was brought over here to the States on Netflix. And she's really charming. It's really funny. She kind of embodies the rage that a lot of uh, women feel that they cannot um, properly... Uh, express in the workplace and what agrisusco does she gets pushed around all day and the way that she releases everything is at night she goes to karaoke bars and screams her head off to metal music so (laughs) when i thought of this ride and kind of uh the thrill that you get from dropping up and down i was like okay that's kind of matches like metal music in my mind so i'm thinking the premise of the ride here is that she's just had a hell of a day at work and has got to manage her her rage in a a, uh, productive way so she's going to do karaoke and what you're going to do to help her is you're going to get on kind of a rageometer and she's going to (laughs) scream and karaoke to metal while you go up and as you drop down you're going to help her let off some steam so uh it's just um it Bear with me. It just works that way. So imagine when you're dropping down, she's kind of coming down with you. And when I'm thinking of Japan and metal music, my mind immediately goes to the band Baby Metal. You guys familiar with Baby Metal? Not at all. Mm -mm. Okay. Gotta look up Baby Metal when this whole thing is over. It's imagine if cheerleaders were singing bright and cheery songs along with like heavy, uh, crunchy guitar riffs and speed metal drums and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, And there's a whole like visual element. There's like dances involved where the three lead singers will like dance around and do cheerleader stuff. And uh, anyway, it's it's a lot of fun. The music is very distinctly Japanese and distinctly anime. And uh, I think that that's a a cool way to bring that character into the whole thing. So that's uh, Akatsuko's Rage Drop. That's a uh, 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 brilliant use of uh, those characters in that Thank brand. You. That is, yeah. uh, uh, and that ride. That's that's that's, yeah, that was inspired. That's fantastic, Kyle. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's really hard to take these care, take these really cutesy characters, and t- 
put them onto a thrill ride. But yeah, I really like yeah. that what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. I have no connection to any of those Sanrio characters, and so so far, I mean, I I mean, I'm sure I'm sure your Spider Man ride is going to be great, and I like I want to go to your park, and I have no connection to these characters whatsoever. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, good work. Well, I'm ready to disappoint you with my Spider-Man ride, but Scott, tell me about uh, about your uh, Doctor Doom's uh, Fearfall idea. So, uh, so Doctor Doom's Fearfall in the um, landscape of the uh, of of of, uh, of Marvel Superhero Island, it is sort of wedged between uh, Spider-Man and the. Um, uh, cafe four restaurant and if you remember from the last episode my cafe four restaurant was of course turned into the sedgwick hotel restaurant and so uh the dr doom's fearfall that i have is actually going to be a uh, part of the sedgwick hotel um it is going to be a new wing of the of the uh, sedgwick hotel called sedgwick tower and uh it is going to have recently been built it is not quite open yet um, but it is, it has been built. And one of the things that the people at the Sedgwick Hotel did was, uh, they bought the painting of the Ghostbusters as Heavenly Saints from the end of Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> uh, and they, they went ahead and, and put it in there. It's, it's sort of like a, uh, a memorial or, or what have you to, uh, them saving, uh, saving the hotel specifically. And of course, saving New York, uh, twice. Um, and so uh, they, they put it in there, not really thinking anything of it. They're just thinking like, oh, it's a great painting of the Ghostbusters. Um, but of course, this, uh, this, this painting of the Ghostbusters as Heavenly Saints has been, in fact, possessed once again by Vigo the Carpathian. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, this is an enclosed tower with screens all around, much like uh, Brian's, uh, Brian's uh, uh, ride. And... Um, what we have here is that uh, you are going in as guests at this hotel, the first guests to ever stay in this uh, in this tower, the Sedgwick Tower, and uh, you are going in uh, sort of undercover working for the Ghostbusters because the Ghostbusters have learned that uh, Vigo the Carpathian is back in possession of this painting and they need you to stop him once and for all. So Vigo's plan is of course to use the hotel guests uh, and uh, use their fear to grow in power so he can escape the painting once again and take over uh, New York and the rest of the world uh, as you do as a powerful God like creature. Um, and uh, the tower, of course, and the elevator that you're in is covered in mood slime, which was uh, made famous in uh, Ghostbusters 2, also, of course. And so the Ghostbusters are basically using you as bait to attract Vigo um, and pull him out of the painting. And then there is a, uh, a ghost, uh, like a proton pack and gun trap combo that has been attached to the elevator that's sort of like a an automatic thing that they can set off from where they are at their uh home base and so they're watching you in this elevator as vigo throws you up and down this this elevator shaft um to uh you know grow in power using your fear and the mood slime and then uh as he escapes the painting of course the ghostbusters set off the uh the 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 trap and uh uh get him uh get vigo once and for all in a trap to uh you know 
you know, never bother anybody ever again. Um, <laughs> until so, the next time. <laughs> yeah, until the next time. But uh, it is he is in a trap instead of just like banished uh, into the ether like he was in Ghostbusters 2. Um, he is he is actually in a trap and they are going to uh, put him away for good this time uh, because that was the mistake they made last time. And uh, everything, uh, everything's hunky dory. Um, yeah. So like there's a there's a moment in the Doctor Doom Fearfall at the at the bottom of the of the um, tower as you're like loading on. There's like a, a picture of uh, the uh, a uh, of Doctor Doom and it like is talking to you or whatever. And that's where I would put the painting of the uh, the heavenly sainted Ghostbusters. <laughs> and then as the ride begins, it would sort of uh, morph and change into the Vigo the Carpathian painting, um, which would then lead to you sort of uh, uh, going up and down in the uh, in the tower. Um, and, uh, eventually his, uh, trap and defeat. So that is, uh, that is what I would do with Dr. Doom's fearfall. Thank you so much for bringing Ghostbusters 2 into this somehow. So, yeah. <laughs> Somebody had to. Yeah. Listen, Someone I'm, has I'm to un- acknowledge it. You know? I'm uncomfortable with the term hero, but. <laughs> but you, sir, are a hero. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, that's so. that's fantastic. So this, um, so in, in inside of the of the ride, you're thinking like a lot of lighting effects and stuff like that going on with the. Uh, uh, well, and I I think that you are you're you're basically just di- you're 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 being pulled up and down an elevator shaft in this uh, hotel tower. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's not unlike um you know Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, sure, uh, but you know much more low key because it's you know like a carnival style drum yeah. ride that we're just <laughs> trying to retheme to the best of our ability um so yeah i mean it's it's all 100% screens and uh and yeah what i'm picturing to stop from uh getting uh motion sickness i'm picturing that there is a there's an overall sort of uh screen uh, that that is sort of covering uh, a lot of the uh, the tower area um, where there aren't some like practical effects with slime and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's also a screen that um, I think wraps around your car uh-huh. that uh, matches the screen that you're seeing in the tower and unless you know but we can also program it to do a separate thing so if we need like something to be chasing you down uh the tower then we put on like a different effect on that screen and it falls with you um oh, so okay. that you can focus on two layers at the same time and hopefully not get motion sickness very cool very cool yeah very cool yeah. So we're going to move on now to our e-ticket attraction mm-hmm. uh, on the park, which is the currently the best uh, Spider-Man ride in the United States. So <laughs> I think it'll probably remain. Would you be my guess. Uh, probably as, as 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 excited as I am to ride uh, the the new like what is it web 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 slingers? Is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah, web slingers, so. uh, Spider-Man adventure or something like that um i uh as as excited as i am to ride that i also think that it's gonna basically be like you know kind of a a step up from toy story mania and that's basically it um so i i still think this is probably going to be the best and maybe the only spider-man e-ticket ride (laughs) (laughs) so brian tell us a little bit about your pokemon retheme of the amazing adventures of spider-man all right so amazing adventures of spider-man i love this ride and so this really pains me to to retheme but i'm gonna do it uh Mm -hmm. one of my favorite 
Pokemon games that I I swear has not gotten its due yet because they haven't made a second one uh, is Pokemon Snap on mm. the Nintendo 64. Uh, for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know what this is, instead of capturing and battling Pokemon, you rode around in like an RV uh, sort of like altering vehicle sort of thing. And you took pictures of Pokemon and you use certain, el- uh, certain things like uh, treats and uh, you threw balls at uh, Pokemon to like agitate them to come out. And so you can get a good, better picture of them. And it was a great game. You Like you were, it was, it was so much fun to get these good pictures. There was even this thing later on uh, where you could take your cartridge to Blockbuster and get your photos printed out. And it was my favorite thing in the world. Uh, getting my getting my Pokemon Snap photos p- printed out at Blockbuster. Uh, so this is Pokemon Photo Safari. Uh, you are helping Professor Oak catalog photos of different Pokemon. So you are boarding into a vehicle that is going to be rethemed to look like the uh, the vehicle from Pokemon Snap. Each person in the ride vehicle is going to have their own individual camera that they can pick up, they can hold. Uh, you know, this kind of terrifies me in our COVID situation, but we're going to do it. You know, <laughs> um, each room that the vehicle is going to go into is going to be a different biome. So there's going to be a uh, like a volcano area for fire type Pokemon. There'll be a grassy area for grass type Pokemon. Uh, you might go into a power plant for our electric type Pokemon. And what will happen is you are going to, and on the screen are going to be different types of Pokemon. The cool thing about with it being on the screen is that you can have different Pokemon appear for different ride throughs. So you might get Zapdos in the, in the power plant, uh, but you might not get a legendary type in the, fi- in the, uh, the, the volcano area. So you'll get different types of Pokemon. There is rewritability for this because you might get different types each time you go. The final biome, though, is you're actually going to go into space. Uh, you're going to be launched into space because the final level in Pokemon Snap is you went to space and you got to see Mew, who Mewtwo is cloned from. Mm-hmm. Um, so your final, uh, so your final chance is you get to take photos of Mew. Um, af- as you get off the ride, you get to uh, you will be able to order prints of the photos that you took. Oh, very cool. Oh, okay, cool. I could see a big uh, social media aspect of that too. People sharing their photos on Instagram. Stuff exactly. Like that took on the ride. A lot yeah. of selfies. A lot oh, yeah. of selfies <laughs> with Pokemon. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Very so cool. So, what do you got, Kyle? Okay. Follow me for a minute on this one here. This is going to be a wild one. Um, so, I'm five years old. Uh, I've got some sort of fever. I got to stay home from school and I'm really sick. My dad goes out to rent a couple of movies for me because I uh, just, you know, going to be sitting on the couch all day doing nothing. What a five-year-old little boy is like, Oh, they like cartoons and stuff like that. Okay, great. I'm just going to grab a cartoon and bring it, you know, back home for him to watch. That's my dad said to himself, I'm sure he brought home a fever dream of a nightmare, uh, that I had to watch, uh, with a probably 101 fever that had haunted me until very recently of just being like this. What was I watching? Uh, in 1979, Sanrio was trying to fill in the gap that uh, had kind of fallen with Disney's animated films. So, you know, we're kind of in a period of, uh, let's just say, less than good movies coming out from Disney. And Sanrio decides, well, we're going to step in and fill that gap. So we're going to make our own version of Fantasia. So they decide to make this movie called Metamorphosis, uh, which is a retelling of a few Greek myths 
and where Fantasia might have been set to classical music, they were going to do it to modern rock of the late 70s. So I think actually like Mick Jagger wrote an original song for this movie. Um, so they released this movie in Japan and it only ever played one time in a theater because the entire audience got up and walked out because it was so bad. Whoa. So because they had bet the entire farm on this thing, they were like, well, we got to, you know, make some money on it somehow. Let's go ahead and release it in, in the West. And later on in 1979, it came out under the name winds of change in the United States. Uh, it is an animated film in um, more of the, if you guys are familiar with like Astro Boy, like that kind of style of anime. I don't know if there's an actual term for it, but it's not mm-hmm. what you would typically see on something like maybe even a Pokemon or something like that. It's more of a kind of thick characters and probably closer to what uh, Disney animation is. Um, and I wasn't going to go with this theme. I was thinking about it for a while until this afternoon I was sitting on the couch and I was watching this uh, YouTube channel called The Escapist. and. As they were upload, as I was searching through their stuff, they uploaded a review of this movie today, and I took it as a sign from God that I needed to talk about *Metamorphosis*, aka *Winds of Change*, on the show <laughs> because no one, I'm sure, will ever talk about this again in any fashion anywhere. Uh, so the actual ride itself would continue to use the same ride system that uh, *Spider-Man* had. Uh, but with the five, five sequences in the ride for the five villains that are represented in the ride, there's actually five different sequences in Winds of Change of a few different myths. Uh, so the first one would be the tale of Acteon. Uh, and the the character in the movie who goes through all these different Greek myths, his name is w- Wondermaker. And he's just this little boy that goes through all these five different myths and different fates befall him in, in, in any one of them. So uh, the story of Acteon... Uh, the Acteon is a hunter and he's out in the forest where he sees Artemis, the goddess bathing, by the way, this movie, tons of nudity, which is crazy that they released this. And a uh, five-year-old me saw this with a fever, but, uh, <laughs> Acteon sees Artemis bathing. So, you know, the Spider-Man ride is kind of built around these like 3d giant screens that you see. And then kind of the interactive real stuff around you. So what I'm thinking is he's going through the forest, finally comes across Acteon bathing with all of her like fairies that are doing her hair and stuff like that. She notices you and then you're trying to get away. So in the story, what happens is Acteon is turned into a deer and all of his hunting hounds tear him apart. Uh, and and kill him basically so in this you're as the viewer as snow white would be in the snow white ride you play acteon and you're trying to get away while the hounds are coming after you so uh number two is the story of uh, orpheus and eurydice which basically orpheus goes down into into hades and uses his harp to get or his lover uh eurydice out of uh, of the uh, the underworld uh and of course you'd be going through the underworld in that um, then we have a story, the the House of Envy, which would be very kind of difficult to translate, but let's just kind of skip over that one because this is getting kind of long. Uh, Perseus versus Medusa. You'd be going through uh, amongst a bunch of statues. And again, Medusa would be the villain in front of the giant screen. You try to get away from her. And then the last one is the story of uh, Helios's chariot. And basically uh, you are on the your ride vehicle becomes Helios's chariot and you're running away and uh then the ride ends so that's kind of it i just wanted to shoehorn winds of change in there because there's no other time this is ever going to be addressed on any other podcast and uh yeah there you go winds of change wow (laughs) you heard it here y'all this is a theme park this exclusive (laughs) uh this is not something if you have heard about this the first time here not something worth pursuing the film is incredibly boring and weird and will give you weird feelings so anyway that aside (laughs) scott i know you're a big spider-man guy one, one question though yeah. How much nudity is in the ride? Uh, 
Oh, um, all of it. All of it. (laughs) All of it. Yeah, all of it. You get to see Artemis in all of her glory. It's actually really weird. It's a five minute long, just kind of like her bathing herself. And and Mm -hmm. anyway, it's a ski. The ride just pauses and you just sit there. (laughs) It makes you as uncomfortable as I was at five years old, 101 (laughs) degree temperature watching this movie from my parents. It's not going to be a people eater is what I'm hearing. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine it'll be shut down in about a month. So, Uh, so. (laughs) Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, so uh, my uh, re-theme of The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man is Ghostbusters Transdimensional Terror. And uh, this is, you know, the, the outside of it, of course, is set up um, exactly like the, uh, the firehouse. Um, and so you are entering uh, through the, uh, the, into the firehouse. And what we have here is basically an open house. The firehouse is essentially turned into a Ghostbusters museum uh, dedicated to the Ghostbusters that um, actually successfully saved New York from all ghosts. And so there haven't been any ghosts that need busting in New York in a long time. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of uh, all done. But there's a new ghost that has come on the scene and it doesn't really make any sense because they, they it, it's like the ghost is is different from every other ghost that they've ever come across and what they come to find out and this is during the uh the queue which is if you guys have ever ridden amazing adventures of spider-man you know that the queue for this ride is pretty long um yeah. <laughs> It's a pretty, it's a pretty lengthy queue, uh, with lots of room for, uh, information to be given to you. Um, and, uh, and so what you learn is that the reason that this Ghostbuster is different is because he, it doesn't come from our dimension. It, it is a ghost that has the ability to cross dimensions. And every time the Ghostbusters try to take it down, it crosses to another dimension to escape them. So Egon and Ray have built an ectomobile that is capable of crossing dimensions. And essentially what they need you to do is they're going to stay in this dimension and you need to cross uh, the, the, this dimension to follow the ghost, um, basically to, uh, uh, you know, keep up with it and, and make sure that they can, they can stop this ghost from, uh, causing the terror in New York City that, that they've done. So guests board their, uh, their new, um, augmented octo, ectomobiles. And you are basically at first when the when the ride begins, you're you're stalking the ghost, trying to stop it. Um, the Ghostbusters uh, arrive as well in the Ecto One, and they uh, you know they get it with their uh, with their proton packs and what have you, and then it crosses into another dimension, and that's your cue. And so you follow it into the dimension that it crosses, and you are beginning to. Um, uh, find the ghost. It is like running away from you because it's not used to being able to not escape. And, uh, you lose it and then you try and find it. And during this whole process, the Ghostbusters can still communicate with you over a transdimensional radio. Um, and so the trans, the, through the transdimensional radio, you can hear, um, you know, Ray and Vankman and Egon, like all sort of talking to you and, and, and giving you pointers about like, Oh, where did it go? Because they can see through a video feed or what have you. And then, um, what happens is that the ghost actually corners you 
and you it really looks like like you're not going to be able to to stop this i mean you you're they tell you to push a button to get to like you know trap this ghost and the button's not working and then it seems like you're going to get you know whatever happens to you when a ghost attacks you is going to happen to you um mm. when out of nowhere a proton beam hits the ghost and another one and another one and then the reveal is that you didn't cross into just any dimension you crossed into the dimension of Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah, of course, of course. A- Abby, Aaron, uh, Holtzman, and Patty all show up to save the day. And for the first time ever, we have both generations of Ghostbusters communicating uh, with each other and with you as you try to stop a trans-dimensional terror ghost. Um, and of course, eventually you do. And together. Uh, the three groups of you all take down the ghost and simultaneously save two versions of New York City. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, do the do the animated real Ghostbusters factor in in any way? Uh, you know, I hadn't really thought about that, but uh, that would be like a fun like if you follow it through multiple um, dimensions, it would be it would be fun as like a one off thing. Like, where are we? I don't know. Let's get out of here. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I, you know, something like that would be fun as like almost like a little cameo moment but uh i would be open to it for sure too maybe yeah yeah absolutely well (laughs) extreme ghostbusters is the same dimension as real ghostbusters right because it's a sequel so um but uh yeah that's uh that's that's the trans-dimensional terror can we have a holtzman walk around is my question uh i mean that starts to get tricky but i think if you kept it in the gift shop of the trans-dimensional terror ride um i think i think you could do it okay cool Let's do yeah. it. Let's yeah. build this park. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Just for that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's making me sad hearing about, you know, hearing about this. I might have addressed this in the last show, but we don't really have any Ghostbusters present in any, you know, United States theme park anymore. I think there's one like in Dubai. There's a ride over there, but, uh, it just it seems like there's it's something that should exist, you know. I'd say yeah. I, actually for both of y'all stuff, the Pokemon stuff and the Ghostbusters thing, just yeah. seem like uh, it's a real somebody's losing out on having money, you know, by not having these. For yeah. sure, so, <laughs> yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah, the fact that the Ghostbusters never had like a real ride is mm-hmm. very strange. Like the fact that they went with a show instead of a ride at at yeah. Universal Florida and in uh, Hollywood had one as well, didn't they? Or no. No, I just know, Orlando. I don't think so. Just Orlando. Yeah, I think it was just Orlando. So yeah, the the fact that they went with a show instead of a ride is still mind-boggling to me. I mean, it's the effects and stuff were cool, but like the story was pretty lame and mm-hmm. uh it was uh, you know, eh eh it deserved better. It yeah. definitely deserved better. Yeah. Um when when your when your Ghostbusters presence becomes relegated to like a joke in a Beetlejuice street performance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you know, Come let's, on, guys. Yeah. let's have some more respect for the Ghostbusters. And uh, that goes for both versions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, well, folks, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Rethink This. Any other thoughts before we end the show here today? Uh, I think we're going we're gonna to end up coming back to uh, another area of Islands of Adventure in the future because I think eventually we want to retheme the whole of Islands of Adventure. Right. Um, yeah. Hogwarts uh, notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. Um or Hogsmeade, as the case may be. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely take a break from it for a while and, and do a couple of other things before we uh, get back to it. Um, but I think in the future, that's definitely the plan. Coming for you, Toon Lagoon. 
Hell yeah! I, that's I think that's definitely what's up next, right? Less um, water is what I was. What I <laughs> less water? <laughs> <laughs> Let's put all of our water-based attraction rides right there. You know? Yeah. Well, actually, I take that back. Jurassic Park is pretty. It's a pretty water-heavy park. Now that I think about well, it, well, it, it is, is the islands of that adventure, is guys. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but just just because it's the islands of adventure doesn't mean I have to like be soaked the rest of the day. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it does, and you will like it. No, Brian. I won't. I don't like it. That's the point. <laughs> well, Brian, what if I were to tell you that for, for a little bit of money, you could step into a giant outdoor hair dryer and get yourself completely dry <laughs> except for your shoes? How many COVID germs am I going to get in that thing? All of them. Okay. Yes, cool. You'll have COVID-20 by the time this is over. Yeah. Oh, that's my money's yeah. worth then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know the accident that caused the Hulk? It's like that, but with COVID. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Highly concentrated. Oh, God. (laughs) Directly into your genes. I'm never leaving Um, my house again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so the next time we do this, I think we're just going to do like a single ride rather than a a themed area. But uh, either way, I'm uh, I'm excited to do uh, another one of these soon. Yeah, same. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you guys have enjoying our uh have been enjoying our fast passes and our uh recent uh viewing of Family Matters goes to Walt Disney World, we got some more of that stuff uh coming up in the future too, right? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Uh and then of course, uh next week we'll have a new episode of uh regular theme park this over yeah. on the main feed. So enjoy that. Great. All right. All right, folks. Well, thanks again for being a supporter of uh, Dueling Genre on Patreon. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. We'll see everybody next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.